You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night to all my friends that are tuning in to today's episode. If you rewind to the beginning of March, right as quarantine hit, you may remember me talking about a movie that was, and it still is, fabulous. It's called I Still Believe. It's based on a portion of Jeremy Camp's life. Jeremy Camp is a Christian musician who's written some incredible songs that you might be familiar with, including I Still Believe, There Will Be a Day, and tons of other ones that I really, really love and honestly grew up on. Well, today we have the privilege of hearing from Jeremy's wife, Adrian, who, spoiler alert, he ends up meeting at the end of the movie, I Still Believe. And they are a powerhouse of a couple. And we're going to talk about tons of the projects that they have going on in today's episode. They recently co-authored a book together called In Unison, and it's all about great practical tips for marriage. They also came out recently with The Worship Project, which is their new album and EP that's released. I will link it in the show notes because it's incredible. Adrian also wrote a children's book with some of her friends. I mean, truly, Adrian's got it going on. But she talks about how she's not only living in this striving, gotta come up with something to accomplish, all of this has been out of an overflow. So yeah, if you are someone who is just curious about living a life of abundance, pure joy, if you want some, ooh, wow, that was good moments, head nods, all the things, then just keep listening because there's a lot of those coming your way. Well, hey, Adrian. welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I am so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. Okay, quick question. Do you like to be called Adrian or do you have a name? Like, because I saw on Instagram, you're Addie. Yeah, actually, Adie. Adie. Yeah, my name's Adrian, but most of my, I mean, a lot of my friends call me Adie for short. You know the people you're like, I, I want to make sure I'm not being so super formal <laughs> because if so many people call you Adie, I'm not going to be that one to call you Adrian. So I was like, I must know. I love nicknames. They are fun. Okay, I want you to tell us about you, all the things that you've got going on, because there's a lot and we'll we'll get to them. But give us a short little spark notes version of who Adrian slash Adie is. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my brain instantly just goes in a million different directions because we really- <laughs> As it should. <laughs> But um, okay, so I'm going to just start sort of like in numerical order, I guess, as the year went by. But in February, my girls and I released a children's book, which I'm so excited about. It was just one of the sweetest, just something completely out of the box from the normal music world that we live in. Um, and it was inspired by a trip that they took with Jeremy to Uganda. And um, the illustrations are beautiful. I had an amazing girl, an artist, do the illustrations. So that was something that was super exciting. And then March rolled around and we had the movie, I Still Believe, that was about Jeremy's life. And um, my character makes a little cameo at the end of the movie. And I actually <laughs> love to write a song and record a song for the movie that ended up on the soundtrack. So that was a blast as well. And a little kind of flashback for 
And for those who don't know me, I used to be in a rock band about 20 years ago, (laughs) believe it or not. And um, so that was a rock song that I got to write for that, which was so much fun. And then Jeremy and I um, wrote a marriage book that also released around the same time. And really, it's not necessarily, I mean, I call it a marriage book. It's not like, hey, here's, you know, 10 ways to have a great marriage. It, It was honestly just written from, we just we knew that the a lot of people would be focusing in a sense on us because of the movie. And we wanted to just have a deeper um, sort of conversation, I guess, and a behind the scenes of like, Hey, we can't do life without Jesus. And this is the dynamic between us. These are some of the conflicts we've had. And so it's super raw. We're very, very honest and vulnerable. Um, but just to encourage people to not give up on their marriages, you know, and hopefully give them some tools to grow closer and stronger together. And then um, quarantine hit and our lives as along with everybody else's came to a screeching halt. And yeah. um, we just found ourselves really, to be honest, kind of confused. You know, we've been in the music industry for 20 years touring nonstop. And this will be the first year ever that we've never played shows. Um, and so it was just really trying to figure out what in the world to do. And so we decided to record a worship album. <laughs> So we wrote, um, Jeremy and I wrote some songs together and we put together a little worship EP that we just released. And at the same time we were doing that, our girls were writing some songs as well. And so they both are also releasing a song. And Ari, our daughter Ari, hers is coming out in a couple of days. And then our oldest daughter, Bella, will be releasing a song in a couple of months. And so, um, yeah, it's it's just sort of, I guess, the way that us creatives thrive is creating. Totally. <laughs> and Ari's creating that with, Alina Pitts. That's right, with Alina Pitts. Yeah, oh, Alina's amazing. We just love their family so much. What a dynamic duo for them. But then also you and Jeremy, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh the whole time listening, not because what you're saying is funny, but I'm like, I've had so many conversations with people about how 2020, you know, obviously put things on hold. And so mm-hmm. they're pausing and reflecting and evaluating, which I think is so beautiful, totally. Yeah. But it's also, wow, so incredible to hear people saying, but this time cannot be wasted. There must be work. There has something to be done. Like the yeah. harvest is still ripe. Things have to, we have to continue to operate and create and do what we've been called to do. Absolutely. And that's you. And that's been the camps. And I'm so inspired by it. Thank you. Yeah. I think, you know, we just, we realized, even though it was such a shock to us, but we, it wasn't like it was a shock to the Lord. And so we were going, okay, God, obviously you haven't all of a sudden turned a blind eye and like he's not scratching his head trying to figure out, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And so <laughs> in some ways I just felt like, Lord, I think that God was just sort of recentering all of us. And it was like, I feel like maybe we had a plate full of things that maybe didn't necessarily to be necessarily need to be on our plates. And it's just like the Lord just kind of did this, holy shake I guess and the things that needed to go have gone and then it was just a time for us of really pressing in and going okay God what do you want us to do in this season you know um and honestly worship was just such a natural byproduct for our family we came together and just had worship nights and then a couple times we just felt really led to have those worship times live with people and not overproduced not overthought we just honestly it was just like simply coming and saying, let's just get together and have this worship time together. Um, and that's really what everything was sort of birthed out of, you know. I love hearing you say it was something natural. There was no striving. Like, 
oh, we have to have something at the end of the year that we've accomplished. What can it be? Hmm, a worship album. It was more of a an overflow is what it sounds like, just yeah. operating out of your gifts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can put your hands to things oftentimes, but it's so much more beneficial and fruitful and God gives you so much more peace and just like the grace to handle situations when you're doing something that he's asked you to do. Yeah. Amen. And that way, if ever, if anything ever gets out of your control, which, uh, it will, um, yes. you can, you know, you can like often be reminded like this wasn't even my plan to begin with. Exactly. I have very little ownership but I'm yeah. grateful to be a part of it. And it's totally. perspective shift. Exactly. Okay. So you've joined forces with Jeremy, your husband, to create all these wonderful things, which is so fun. I'm giggling because I'm like, I can't, I mean, my husband and I, wow, that would be so fun to do projects together, but I'm also trying to like think of the dynamic. What would this also be like? <laughs> um, I want to know about how these projects happen because they're so unique and different from one another, except for the fact that they all have one thing in common, which is you did a lot of these together. So I would kind of want you to open up at what it was like to work side by side, also live side by side as one together doing these things. Yeah. So on the, I'm trying to think where to even start. So years ago, um, I released a solo album and Jeremy actually helped produce it. And we, we were in the studio together and just to be completely transparent, we butted heads so much. <laughs> so, Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> oh my God. It was like really, try, it was hard trying to navigate, you know, um, where to give into each other, you know what I mean? And what to fight for and what, what were things that I, you know, it was, yeah, just what to fight for, you know, really of like, okay, do I give this up? Do I fight for this? How important is this to me? And so I think this time around when the worship album came in, because we had already had that, I mean, and this is probably, gosh, 14 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, because we had already sort of gone through that trial together. And I think navigated just learning where, what, like I said, what to fight for and what to let go. This time around with the worship album, I think we knew in a sense what things to avoid. Um, And Jeremy and I, I mean, we've been married for almost 17 years. And so I will say our communication now is a thousand times better than it was, you know, five years ago, or even two years ago. I think we've really, we've learned to bring conflict situations to each other in a way that like can build our relationship as opposed to just bring more dissension. So even just yeah. learning like the right timing so there were a couple times where there were like issues that needed to be addressed while we were doing the worship album, but just finding the right timing to say something, to not come in like, oh my gosh, you're being such a jerk right now and come in like out the, the gate, just like accusing him of all of these things. <laughs> like, oh, um, what did you mean when you said that? Or, hey, I took it this way and maybe you didn't mean it like that. So I think just even learning some of those communication tools really helped us navigate the space in the studio to be able to do those projects together. Um, and then going, which I think really ties in with the marriage book, because as we were writing, you know, Jeremy, he was so funny. He's like, we should totally write a marriage book. And I just looked at him like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, that's not like relational suicide when you decide to write a marriage book together. Yeah. But um, I think the one thing that it did for us was Jeremy and I, I we're both, we're very huge on authenticity and I just, I believe that you need to, to live what you say. And 
the, the thing for the marriage book was that we both sort of had to really come to grips with was if we're going to put this out to other people, we really need to be putting these things into practice. You know, we've got to be applying these techniques and these things that we've learned in our marriage in when it is like walking out in forgiveness with one another or giving each other the benefit of the doubt and, and mm-hmm. praying and asking God to give you the love or the patience that you might not have, you know, which most of us don't have if, if we're really honest, you know, um, that really a good relationship is supernatural because it needs, we need Jesus for a good relationship. And um, so I think just sort of like learning some of those things and then even just in quarantine of just going, okay, we really get to choose how we're going to handle the situation together. And we, we just took the time to really draw close together as a family. I mean, we, we spent some amazing times uh, just reading scripture together and um, talking about things, talk, having a lot of conversations. I mean, as everybody knows, there's so much brokenness going on in our country um, from the top all the way down, you know? And so just really taking the time to have real conversations together as a family, but in that really, really be seeking the heart of God. Like, God, what are you trying to say in this? Like drown the voices of the media, drown the voices of everybody else and the most popular voices and and the people we even look up to. But God, what are you saying in all of this? You know, so beautiful. Yeah. I forget to do that often. I try to come up with my own opinion and I'm like, the world does not need my opinion. The world needs Jesus. Of course, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the only one really that's going to get us through anything at all. And praise God. Yes. (laughs) Because yes, I've seen many times that even when I'm doing something with my husband and the Lord's teaching us both something at once, that there's oftentimes something that he's whispering to just me. And I want to know, has the Lord been revealing something that's just for Adrian? That's just for you through the season that you've both shared with together so much. Yeah. I, you know, the thing the Lord's really been showing me is I've been hearing a lot about revival from a lot of people and, and I'm, I'm not by any means against big public gatherings. So please, please, please hear my heart when I say this, but the Lord has just really been, speaking to me that revival has to be personal, that if anybody ever studies revivals, the histories of revivals, it's always come from a personal encounter with God where we decide to stop turning a blind eye to our sin, honestly. And we decide to stop turning a blind eye to the things in our lives that are not right. And we come to God and say, God, this is these are the things that need a touch from you in my life. And just being honest and authentic about where we really are and then inviting yeah. God into those places. Um, and that's just, I think, the thing that God's really been speaking to me just personally lately is just like the shining a light on the areas in my heart, especially in relationships with people around me. Like, are there areas of offense? Are there areas of maybe bitterness or unforgiveness in my heart towards people that have hurt me? Or um, And just... Because it hurts, you know, the reality is, is that it hurts. And so it's just really opening my heart up to those places and, and going, okay, God, I need you to do a deep work in my heart. And because I want to walk with the fire in my heart blazing for the Lord. And I don't want all of these things to drown those things out. Wow. Wow. That is so good. I love too that. Yes, this is amazing because I, I feel so aligned in this where the Lord's been teaching me also like. This has to be a Rachel thing to Rachel before you're going to start seeing like the fruit of it 
yeah in relationships with others absolutely and so like the frustration I have in relationships whether it's my marriage or friendships or with my mom or whatever is typically because I have something unresolved and unreconciled within my own heart and I'm not going to be able to see reconciliation like I want to until I'm right with the Lord first exactly and it's it's age old but we we long to see the change in other people first and you know maybe in certain situations like it may be because they were the ones that caused the hurt or the pain, you know? And so you, you want to see the change in them first, but it just doesn't work that way. You know, then we're not, we're not free in our own hearts as we're looking to other people to change, you know, and God's going, I can do a work in you. I don't need them to be free in order for you to be free. Like, I don't, we don't need them to have their act together and to be function, you know, functioning perfectly or healthily in order for us to be healthy in our own hearts and in our walks with God. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is good. I think, especially just in the world that we live in, I think it's so easy to identify, quote, unquote, other people's problems mm-hmm. or pray even like, Lord, would you convict them and correct them? When really we're told that we should be praying, search my heart, know me and my heart, like exactly. reveal things to me, not reveal things to them. Yeah. So I know. it's just funny how it's so much easier to get it reversed. It is, you know, and um, the, so I'm obviously homeschooling my three kiddos and we've been doing little Bible studies together. And so we've been going through this thing. It's just a virtues. And so you pick a virtue and you just talk about it. And one of the ones last week was forgiveness. And we were just having this discussion about how difficult forgiveness actually is because you're not getting anything in return. So the wrong, it's like if somebody robs you of something, they're not coming to give that back to you. It's gone in a sense, you know, um, and how difficult it is. It's oftentimes we're called to forgive each other when the other person hasn't said sorry, or like I said earlier, they haven't made it right. And so, but just what the gift forgiveness is to our own personal hearts and just the importance of us walking in, in that place with each other, you know, and it's it's not easy. It It has to be supernatural and it's that's another thing too it's like it isn't something that we can just conjure up in and of ourselves to decide we're going to be a good person today it literally is something that we have to go to Jesus and say this is your character and I need your character in me so do this supernatural work because in and of myself I don't have it you know yeah all good even marriage tips is what I'm hearing I'm like I hope this is in your book in unison (laughs) sure it is there's lots there's so much in there Yeah, I I, like listeners will have to forgive me because I feel like I've said this before in another episode, but it's so good and must be repeated. But I had a mentor I met with one time and I just needed to vent like, you know, a safe person that you're like, please hear me. I'm not uh, like, sure, there might be some bitterness in my heart, but I really just need to externally process some things. Yeah. And she was listening to me say all the things I need to say and get off of my heart. And at the end of it, she goes, And this was specifically kind of about a frustration I had with another person who wrongfully, like, hurt one of my other friends. It just was a messy situation. And she said at the end of it, do you hate your sin more than you hate their sin? Because if you don't, then there's there's a bigger issue here at play. And I can't be the person that you need to be telling these things to. And it rocked my world. And I've never thought of things the same. I'm like. I know. Until we've learned to be like, oh, it's a, it's, it has to start with me in me yes absolutely yeah oh that's good really really good right right I feel like (laughs) it's worth repeating for that reason I just kind of yeah I I feel like 
it's like some people ask them, why do we bother to read the Bible multiple times? And it's like, because we need it. Because I, I don't know about anybody else, but I, it's like, you, you, you know that, you've heard that, but there's so many times in life that I need things like that to be repeated. You know, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> or I'm hearing it differently because my season looks different. Exactly. Yeah. Seasons change and then you need a different angle of the same truth. You Amen. Know? Amen. This is also something else someone's told me one time, like for a healthy marriage, it's nice to have something that you do together. And in your case, lots of things you do together. But I want to know what's something that you like doing that's just for you. Do you have something like that? Oh my gosh, yes. Can you tell I'm excited? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us all about it. I I just recently took up pottery. So I bought a wheel and I haven't fully set it up in my house yet, but I've been taking um, lessons of just throwing and making. I'm really, really just starting out. But I absolutely love it. And I'm a very creative person. So pretty much anything creative always gets me going. But this has been so therapeutic because you have to be, you have to be slow. You cannot rush through making a piece of pottery. And I was just telling my kids the other day, I literally feel like, um, I don't know if Bob Goff, he talks about when something pings your heart and it's like, he'll just say like, pull over on the side of the road if it pings your heart and think about it, you know, write it down (laughs) or whatever. Well, I feel like when I'm doing pottery, there's just things that are like pinging my heart constantly. You know, like for instance, when you take the piece of clay, you have to make sure that it's centered on the wheel, that it has in a sense a good foundation, because if you don't start with a good foundation, you'll inevitably end up with the most wobbly piece piece of of clay and you're not able to really make anything good out of it. And just those little things of going, it's so important for us to have a good foundation in our walks with Christ, you know, in our relationships with the Lord, that we have to be centered in, in order for him to make something beautiful of our lives. And so it's literally like, I have these moments while I'm making pottery all the time that I'm just freaking out going, this is amazing. So that's my new like me thing. <laughs> that is so fun. Has your family joined in on it? I mean, I guess you said it's a you yeah. thing, so maybe not. My kids have, um, and they, they all love it. And it's funny, we're all learning from each other's mistakes and um, and then, you know, cheering each other's, cheering each other on when we make these awesome little like planters and mugs and bowls and well actually we haven't gotten to mugs yet because that's like tricky you've got to it's yeah it's much more harder than you think actually but um it's been so fun and just really therapeutic I love getting my hands dirty so I'm having a blast wow and I feel like that's such a fun space because there's no performing like rarely I feel like is that anyone ever watching you create something it's really really just you Yes. Yeah. It's just that quiet time, which is amazing. And is completely opposite, I feel like, from making music and performing and releasing EPs because that is out there in the world making music yeah, for people. Exactly. It is. It's like yeah. literally tucked away. We have it set up in the garage. And like I said, you have to be slow when you're working with the pottery. Like you can't do it too fast because it's not going to work, you know, especially because we're beginners as well. But um, and so there's just like a quietness and a, and a slowness, which really this whole year's this pace has been slowed down massively. Um, and even in that, I mean, there's a side of me that is so ready to get out and like, let's go, let's travel, let's do stuff. But there's also part of me that just feels like I just want to really press in and not lose the intentionality that I feel like God wanted us to learn this year. of just really slowing mm-hmm. down and being intentional um, in our marriages and in our relationships, you know, because 
all of a sudden you're quarantining with somebody. And if you don't have a good relationship with your husband or your wife, you're stuck with them and even your kids. So you're like, Keyword oh, we're stuck. Single yeah. <laughs> single day. Like we better figure some stuff out here. <laughs> I feel like too that uh, in my life specifically, the enemy tries to make noise of what should be calm. Yes. And, uh, you know, something that should be peaceful, he makes noisy. And something that should be calm, he makes chaotic. And it's just frustrating. And I feel like that is what I've seen happen in 2020 where yeah. – I mean, obviously, what a cool opportunity to work from home, to spend more time with your family. If you look at it, like, this should have been, like, wonderful, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of answers to a lot of our prayers. But for some reason, it's got a really nasty taste in my mouth. And I'm like, the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always, I've always, it's been one of those things, I think, for me, an indicator has just been where there's confusion. I just know that it's not from the Lord you know, and Mm -hmm. so it's really kind of leaning in again. It's like when there's so many confusing things going on, just going, okay, God, I need to hear you speak in this, you know, because yeah, like there's just the chaos is, is, it's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which also ties into marriage. And I, and I want to talk about marriage with you and more about your book. And I was having a conversation with some girls last night about marriage and, you know, what do you feel like is a pain point or where do you feel like you would want answers where you don't have one. And a lot of what I heard is it's hard for me to feel like we grow, we're growing spiritually together. And the more I thought about it, I told them like, I kind of want to reflect and get back to you on this. But I think that there's a huge misconception about like you and your husband going at the same speed, always reaching (laughs) destinations together, which is sometimes true. And that's beautiful. But also there's such intimacy and just a relationship between Rachel and Jesus or Adrian and Jesus that is just for us and it's in those secret quiet places that the Lord whispers things to me that I need to hear even for my husband's behalf like I wouldn't hear if I was spending time with Thomas and Jesus at the same time and I'm hearing you kind of say that that's kind of been those heart pangs Mm -hmm. (laughs) while making pottery and being alone and being quiet and just kind of setting aside time do you feel like that's given you time to reflect more on marriage when you're sharing so much of your life together. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I wake up early every morning to just have that quiet time with Jesus alone. Um, because I, I learned very early on if, if I'm looking to Jeremy to meet me somewhere spiritually, I'm going to be disappointed um, because he can't give that to me. And so it was one of those things very early on in our marriage that I just realized I have to keep up my own personal relationship with the Lord as the first priority in my life. And so for me, I, that's my treasure, treasure time. I, I journal, I pray, I read, I read my Bible, I read other devotional books. And that's just really um, the time that I take for myself just to grow in my relationship with the Lord, you know. Um, and then out of those places... Jeremy and I will have discussions at times, but I think for us, we've just realized as well that we're, there's a, we're a team, there's a partnership between us. And even like you said, there's seasons, you know, there's seasons that I feel like Jeremy is doing really well spiritually and I might maybe not doing so well. Sometimes there's a season where we're both doing well, or there's a season where he's maybe struggling and, and I sort of bring the strength. But I think in a team, if we, if, if we view it as a team, then we just know that sometimes we're going to cover for each other. Sometimes we're going to be 
there to hold one another up. And then sometimes we're going to be running hand in hand, like full speed ahead and just charging together, you know. But I think where it comes down for me is that my heart has to be anchored in my own relationship with the Lord. And out of that, it's like, like I told Jeremy years ago, I just, you know, he was, he was feeling really guilty about some of the pressure just from juggling being, you know, being gone so much. And, and, um, I just told him, I pulled him aside and I said, babe, I please don't take this the wrong way. Like, I love you. I respect you. I love doing life with you and all of that stuff, but I don't need you as much as you think I do. And what I was trying to communicate to him is that Jesus fills who I am. And I just told him, I said, when I made my vow on the wedding day, I made that vow actually to God. My, my vow was to the Lord and in front of the Lord. And Jeremy is a direct beneficiary of that. So he benefits from those things, but he isn't the person in a sense that I'm committed to. I mean, if you know what I'm saying, it's, it's first and foremost to God and then him. Yeah. And so it, there's this just natural out, outworking from my relationship with the Lord. And then when I do need healing, when, when, I do, when I am hurt or Jeremy says something that's a jerk thing to say, or I, he's, I'm not looking to him to be the one to fill my heart. I can go to the Lord with my hurts, with my pain, with everything that I'm struggling with and work that out with Jesus first and then go to Jeremy secondary instead of looking to a man because it's going to be impossible for him to meet all of my insecurities and always get it right and vice versa. I can't do that for him. I could never be in a sense, the perfect everything for him because God didn't create us to be that for each other. Um, And so again, just to reiterate it, it just goes back for me. It's like that time for me, that, that growth time comes from just my personal walk with the Lord. So good. I think this also goes to speak for our friends that might even be single or not married like yeah that's why you I mean in a sense you don't need a man you know it's I think we've created this um this thing that that's the perfect life is to be married and live happily ever after but marriage is hard and if we're looking to a man to fulfill us we're going to be in trouble you know Mm -hmm. now we can benefit from those relationships together and it is wonderful I'm not I'm not trying to dis Jeremy in any, any way, I absolutely love doing life with him. And he's my absolute best friend in all the world, but I should be equally satisfied with Jesus in my marriage as I would be as a single woman. That's good. Yes. And I think even as a single woman with conversations I've had with friends of mine that are single women is that if it's not a guy, it's something else. Totally. It's like another friendship or career or a goal yeah. or whatever. And it's like at the end of the day period there's nothing this earth has to offer us that can ever complete us the way that jesus has been called to yeah and i think sometimes that's even the uh, common misconception when people get married is they think then that that's going to be the ultimate fulfillment and it's not and then they get disillusioned and disappointed and then it's like you're not making me happy you're not fulfilling all of my desires and dreams because we actually thought that maybe that's what marriage was supposed to do but it's not It never was intended for that. You know, it's that again, it's Jesus and Jesus alone fulfills those desires and those needs first. And then we team up together for what we can do for God's kingdom, you know? And so it's about like, Mm -hmm. okay, like how do we then encourage each other and see the worst in each other and love each, each other through those bad days, you know, and go, okay, how can we affect the kingdom of God together? That's so good. Okay. Honest question. (laughs) Do you feel like you've learned this? 
pre-marriage or is it something that you feel like you failed at first and then learned in marriage? Because if it were me, I have to be honest, I feel like I learned this after walking back down the aisle. Like this was something I had to come to grips with. I wish someone would have told me before we got married. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love reading. So I did read some marriage books and stuff and really try to like prepare my heart for marriage before we got married. But you know, it's like school is not the same until you're actually in the workplace where you're actually putting it into practice. And so there were totally things more than, I mean, everything it's like that I absolutely learned this through being married, you know, and then having ugly fights and realizing, oh my gosh, we got it wrong. Like we totally failed in this area. And, um, and just learning that the, the reason why I learned that Jesus satisfies me is because Jeremy disappointed me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I just came to this conclusion all, all by myself, miraculously. It was out of disappointment and hurt and pain that I realized, oh, this isn't, I'm giving you the wrong place in my heart. <laughs> Only Jesus yeah. can do this for me. You know what I mean? And then from there, it was like this freedom that then enabled me to love Jeremy better because I wasn't, in a sense, demanding emotional things from him or spiritual things from him that he actually couldn't give me. You know, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been after the, after the I do's. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I think makes marriage more fun and easier when you take the stress and you give the grace to be like, okay, I'm going to give you the permission to fail me because it's just going to (laughs) happen. We are sinners sharing a household together. Wow. What a hot mess express. It it totally, I was going to say, it's funny as women, we would do that with our girlfriends, but for some reason we, we like we switch the rules when it comes to marriage. We would give our girlfriends and our best friends who are girls, like the benefit of the doubt or whatever it is. But for some reason, when it comes to our husbands, then we get a little bit more sticky about it, you know? Um, Ooh, why do you think that is? That's a good know. point. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, a, I think again, it goes back to the expectation that marriage is supposed to present sort of a level of they lived happily ever after. Um, and so we have these desires and sort of, not demands, but internally, you know, I'm not saying we're all walking around like I demand this, but internally we have these expectations. I should say that's probably a better word um, that we place on the idea of marriage as opposed to just going, I'm just going to team up with this guy. We're going to get to know each other and we're going to cover each other's weaknesses. We're going to lift each other up when we're struggling. We're going to cheer each other on. We're going to learn how to to communicate and, and speak each other's languages. We're going to you know, learn the little idiosyncrasies of each other. And then, and it's more of like, like you even said, marriage is like an adventure together um, and learning each other. It's like a work in progress until the day we die. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what though, that now that I'm kind of reflecting on it, okay, I hate to blame anything, but I think Hollywood is to blame because we have all these like fun stories about romance and the credits roll when they get married and all the things. And so we see it as a destination, but there's so many movies created about girl drama. And so like, we've just expected girl drama, but there's not many movies about marriage drama. No, (laughs) yeah. I I remember early on in our marriage and I watched, it was, I don't even remember what it was. It was probably really super sweet, but it was some like little romance um, movie, like a romantic comedy or whatever. And, and I remember what it did in my heart is all of a sudden it created this thing in me to where I realized I was starting to get irritated with Jeremy because I was like, oh, he never does that. And he never does this. And he doesn't think about me like that. It just created this sort of like dissatisfaction 
And instantly the Holy Spirit was so sweet to just go, look what it's doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was from that stupid movie of this unrealistic <laughs> thing, you know? And so after that, I was like, okay, I need to really just guide my heart and my thoughts from not being influenced by the messages of the world, you know? Oh, that's so good. Oh, yes. I was at a Bible study this morning that was talking about how there's always a master. Like, you're you're always going to say yes to a master. Yes. We just are always, every day, picking what master that's going to be. Mm. And when we choose not to take our thoughts and our minds and our feelings captive, we are choosing a master of emotions. Absolutely. And that's danger. Yes. And I can be convinced of so many scary things if I let myself ruminate. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I know. And why do we trust our emotions? Because they really lie to us all the time. You know, we're all over yeah. the place. Yet we like trust them so with that, like just blindly. <laughs> yeah. So full circle moment. That's why you need your alone time and to do something just for you that the Lord can, like Bob Goff says, ping your heart and tell you things that are just for you. Yes. And that's why... It's also so cool to not like strive to create something out of a season. It's really just a, you live in a, a flow of who God is and what he has for us, yeah. which is obviously easier said than done. But I feel like these are, this conversation I just need to have. I feel like this was the girl talk that everybody needs on an afternoon. Yeah, I know. I'm like, let's. Have some coffee together or tea or something. <laughs> I know. I know. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, but I want to know something that you are loving these days besides clay and molding and pottery making and all the amazing things like that. What's something? It could be like a product, a shameless plug, another song, something that you are loving you have to share with our people. Um, I am loving a food blog by a girl by the name of um, It's Half-Baked Harvest. Her recipes are my absolute favorite right now. I actually have a few that I follow, but she just is like inspirational to me because sometimes, especially being in quarantine, you know, and this whole year, it's like, ugh, I just don't feel like cooking another meal, but everything she does is amazing and it's really easy. So that's like major inspiration for me. Half-baked harvest. Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm adding that to my list. What's one of her recipes? Oh my God. Like what have you been making of? Wow. She's okay. I'm trying to think last night I made this. Um, we don't usually eat a ton of pasta actually, but I made this like cilantro lime tortellini salad. It sounds interesting. Mm. It is so phenomenal. She just like the way she mixes her flavors together is so good. I feel like I have never made anything of hers that I didn't like. She has a lot of like um, curries and stews and soups and salads and like just a lot of really amazing healthy stuff. So we love it. it sounds fresh. Yeah, yes, it is very. Fresh. Sounds really refreshing. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I will link all of that in the show notes. All of the fun <laughs> things going on. The worship project in unison. Your amazing children's book. The movie. I still believe because if you guys haven't seen it. <laughs> You're really missing out. <laughs> Have a box of Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. All the things. <laughs> so beautiful. And I, Adrienne, am just so grateful for your conversation and boldness and honesty because there are so many amazing thoughts that have to come from, like you were saying earlier, a place of authenticity. And, and I can tell that that's you and that's Thank it. Thank you. I've loved this so much as well. Just is like totally made my, my heart full. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. 
see you in the next episode.